Welcome to Well Fed, a podcast for hungry creatives. I'm your host, John Sarantino, a designer based out of New York. And on this podcast, I speak to some of my creative heroes to learn from their experiences and discover the ingredients to grow within the creative industry. On this final episode of Well Fed Season 4, my guest is New England based artist and illustrator Christy Lorenzo. Chris, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry this took so long. I would describe Chris's work as whimsical, clever, and abstract. It is truly an example of letting your mind explore ideas fully and not letting the conventions of life bog you down in the process. His approach to creating work and experiences allowed him to collaborate with brands like Apple, Airbnb, GoDaddy, The New York Times, Target, and many more. Chris is truly a sincere guy, and during this episode, we discuss life starting off in the creative industry, working for one of his local heroes, Mother Nature's Wi-Fi, and how his work life has changed since the pandemic. After a few months off, I am so proud and excited to share with you the final episode of Well-Fed Season 4 with my guest, Chris Lorenzo. Before we get into the episode, I just want to share a few things with you. First, if you want to stay up to date with the podcast, you can head over to wellfedpodcast.com where I have all the episodes as well as videos and articles with tips for creatives just like you. Second, for this season, I just launched a Slack group that you can join by going to wellfedpodcast.com slash community. There you can share work and connect with other designers, illustrators, and photographers from all over the world. Last but not least, I'm doing free one-on-one portfolio reviews over Zoom for anyone that signs up for the newsletter on the website, wellfedpodcast.com. I've already had a few of these with listeners, and we've talked about things like getting more clients, ways to present your work on your website, and a bunch of other topics. All you have to do is sign up for the newsletter over at wellfedpodcast.com. Now that we got that out of the way, I hope you enjoy this episode. Christy Lorenzo, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Well Fed. Um, as with most of my guests, I have been looking, observing, you know, consuming your work for a while now, and I I love it. I think it's it's your style is for some reason I just really align with it. Uh, I love the way you work with brands. I love the creativity that you bring to your work, and so uh, I knew I had to have you as I think this is even going to be the last episode of the season. So I'm very excited to be uh, wrapping the season up with uh, with you as my guest. So thank you for joining me today. Honored to be here. Um, Chris, we, before every episode, uh, especially because we're now doing this over Zoom, and I used to do this over pers- in person, uh, I like to start off uh, each episode with what I'm calling five questions in 50 seconds. And now there's no real time limit here, so feel free to expand if you have any, any stories or anecdotes that you'd love to share. Um, and if you're ready, I'll go ahead and ask the first question. Ready. Fire, fire away. All right. If you had to give up bread or cheese, what would it be? I'm thinking cheese. Um, you know, as we get older, our bodies don't digest the dairy very well and come from Italian background. So I like, I like some bread. I can dip in some, into some olive oil, you know, before dinner. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Italians do bread really well. (laughs) Uh, what is your sign? Um, like the surfer symbol, um, (laughs) or, uh, if you're horoscope, horoscope, if you're speaking astrologically, um, uh, cancer, a crab. Cool. That's you. You were the summer. first guest. You're the first guest to completely go in another direction there, which I enjoy, which is great. <laughs> cat or dog? Dog. I'm allergic to cats. They've been my arch enemy for my whole life. <laughs> if you could eat one thing every day for the rest of your life, what would it be? Um, my dad's baked ziti. He, he makes he makes great baked ziti. Never gets old. Leftovers, fresh, everything. <laughs> Could eat it all day. Last question: Spotify or Apple Music? Um, I'd say Spotify, but if we're talking serious talk, RDO, we got to bring RDO back. <laughs> Whoa! This is a this is a first, and, <laughs> and I'm gonna ask my I'm gonna ask my editor Kevin to put in some like air horns here because I've never even heard of RDO. Could you please explain? RDO was kind of. It, it started around the same time as Spotify um, and Spotify kind of just like blew up. It took over and RDO couldn't compete, but it was very similar. But the way it curated and allowed um, uh, friends and like social networking on it was really cool. And very the, it was very designy, like the most simplest, easy to use interface. Um, it was like any designer, I feel like it would prefer RDO over Spotify because it was so clean and it really updated you with new music every Tuesday when back when new music was every Tuesday. It was very simple. I'm like, these are these are the new songs. And it wasn't so 
like Spotify is, like um, how it's a lot of independent artists or unheard of like trap house music that just shows up as like, you know, hot 100 <laughs> kind of stuff. It was very much yeah. this is music that people actually listen to rather than was promoted or paid by a record label to promote, you know, um, or very cool labels anymore. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's cool. I'm going to have to take a look into it because I think, you know, as you mentioned, it's like it's very design centric. And of course, like being a designer myself, I'd be like all about that. So that's that's very cool. First here on the podcast. Yeah. Bring back RDO. Um, <laughs> bring back RDO. So, so Chris, you're currently based in Massachusetts, correct? Yeah. Did Did you grow up in that area? Yeah. Um, I'm actually living in the town I grew up in right now. <laughs> I, moved, I moved back Very here last cool. year. Didn't expect to, but my wife and I found a house that we liked, and it's north of Boston. Um, and it's a gorgeous town on paper, you know. I'm like, okay, this is the town that we're looking for. Start a family. Um, this has it all. And I was like, okay, well, my, my wife's not from here. So she's like, I love this. And I was like, yeah, but I'm from there. I don't want to move back. And, <laughs> but we did. And it's great. Sure. Yeah. You know, it's, not the town, it's not the town I grew up in, you know, it's obviously it's been like 25 years since. <laughs> so, you know, sure. You know. Yeah. Some people have moved out. There's, there's still some like locals that hanging around that you're like, Oh, Hey, I remember when we were, you know, when I was a kid. Yeah. Like I run into like my, next door neighbor's um mom you know at like the bagel shop the other week and it's like oh it's so nice that you're here like i can see you and um remember me <laughs> sure yeah when when you were younger growing up in, in in your hometown were you sort of like naturally like gravitating towards like being creative and things like that you know like what were you like during school and kind of like those preliminary preliminary years oh yeah um the town i grew up in was very creative um it's a very cool town where like the stoners hang out with the jocks and like the musicians are like the cool kids rather than like the sports players. You know, it's, it was a very cool, fluid um, kind of social environment. And I mean, like since day one, it was always drawing, um, uh, entering like contests, like at the, at the, at the market basket grocery store where it's like, you know, <laughs> yeah. color in the scarecrow and win a huffy bike. You know, me like and trying to enter that never won though. Um, <laughs> yeah. They're regretting it now. Yeah, right? and then you know, mostly like kind of really fostered in high school when I met um, other kids that also were creative. Because um, you go in your in your middle schools, we have a bunch of schools in my town, and they kind of all um, congregate in high school. And so you go, oh, those are like the West kids and those are the East side kids. And now they're all here in high school. And so I was always like the art kid in my schools. And then I met the other art kids from the other schools, you know, and we combined and uh, I played lots of music, um, was in like the art club and was always drawing. I took outside art lessons and then I started in high school. I kind of taught the art lessons or I was a helper. Um, like a TA to my teacher who it was just like a woman in town over who had a painting studio in her basement and taught kids and I would help out the kids. It was, it, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> she was like, this kid, Chris has got something. Yeah. He's got something. <laughs> and you know, it's <laughs> very like, cool. Our school really fostered to, uh, creativity in kids and being like, do you guys want to put on a show or do something? Um, we had a TV production studio, which is really fun. And so like making music videos and, so all kinds of art in any ways, not even drawing. Like um, my friend put on a rock opera in high school, like a legit rock opera, wrote the songs. He casted people from the drama department. He got a lighting studio who like did Eve six, um, like a uh, concert lighting and like <laughs> lit the stage. And so, you know, making um, uh, set designs and stuff for that. Just all kinds of stuff that was, there was always a project. <laughs> That's very cool. So it sounds like a very fruitful childhood. And, and like you said, just trying so many different things, obviously drawing, I'm sure is sort of the underlining kind of focus, but you were able to kind of like be exposed to all of these like different mediums and stuff like that. Yeah. It was never just one thing and then get out of town, you know, it's all kinds. Of sure. Yeah. Coming out of high school, did you know, like, did you have a sense of what you were going to do? Is it like apply to art school? Like, you know, what, what was that kind of process for you? Cause for me, you know, it was great. Like I had no, no idea. Yeah. I definitely wanted to be in the creative arts in some way. Um, I didn't know what that was. I really was into film and I wanted to be like a storyboard designer. 
just um, composing shots, more like cinematography. I love that. Um, and then, so I didn't want to go to like, but I also didn't want to go to a true art school. Um, I don't know why it was mostly because I didn't want to do just art. I wanted exposure. I wanted to meet other people who weren't like weird um, um, indoor kind of, uh, um, sure, yeah. you know, kids like me. I wanted to meet like totally <laughs> random people. <laughs> you know, yeah, totally. Not, no, no, like, I, I felt the same way. Yeah. And that was like the impression you have in high school. Like you're going to go to art school. It's just going to be, you know, kids wearing black and like carrying their portfolios around. I was like, I, I want, I want something else. Um, but you know, I was just a small town kid didn't really know. I mean, obviously our schools are very varied and really great schools, but I really liked the university atmosphere when I went to go tour and uh, ended up going to Syracuse up in upstate New York. Yeah. Syracuse, right? Like the perfect school to not just go to an art school, right? Yeah. Like, Little, but little do we know, right? Like after, I mean, for me at least, like after a couple of years of being at a regular school with an art school, you totally turn into that like art kid who's like, guys, I gotta go like hunk, hunker down in the studio for a couple hours and like you know football games or whatever can wait. Oh you know? Yeah, um, I had roommates like my junior year. They were friends of mine like that weren't art majors. Like, and that was so great. Uh, they were like uh, poli sci and business. Um, and th th we would be like hanging out in the in the common room and then i'd be like okay i gotta go you know into my room and work on a self-portrait or something and they would always make that joke this is around the time like wedding crashers that movie um yeah and there was the there was the the brother of one of the girls and he was kind of this weird art kid and he would always go i'll be in my room painting <laughs> and then they would just always yell that to me like oh i'll be in my room painting i'm like guys it's serious work <laughs> Guys, I have to like creatively think deeply here. Yep. Leave me alone. Yeah. I had the same thing where all the finance major friends and they were like, oh, you, you just draw all day. And I was like, listen, this isn't easy, man. Yeah. And then it was great towards senior year when I was with all creative people in one house. And it was just like nonstop, like everyone's working. And, um, you know, it, it, was, it, was, it was really great. <laughs> That's cool. So what was sort of your focus in the program? I think I kind of saw that you did like communications design, which is, you know, sort of close to what you're doing now, but I, I'm sure it was sort of a different fundamentals and, and things that they were teaching. Yeah, very. Um, communications design, it was very cutthroat. Like it was notorious in the visual and performing arts school within Syracuse um, that it was like, you know, half the people get weeded out on their first year. They won't they won't make it to the second year. So it was very intimidating in that way. And when you talk to people, cause you do foundation your first year, then you pick your major, your sophomore year. And so that was kind of a turning point of like, what do I do? Illustration, painting, film, communication design. And then, it, um, and so I ended up doing that because it, it encompassed everything and you know, you do hard work and you build brands and you build campaigns. Um, but you, you think holistically, which was really cool. It wasn't just about here's how to use Photoshop and make cool graphics. It was, why are you making cool graphics? And if you want to make a cool graphic, figure it out yourself. We're not going to teach you, <laughs> but we will totally what you end up making. Um, so we didn't really have a computer arts class. Like, um, we just would try to learn ourselves and he, you know, Oh, someone's so, Tim over there found out how to, you know, turn a shape into this thing and on illustrator, like, and we would all go to Tim, like Tim, how do you do that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it's kind of, I think programs like that are really awesome because I agree that like holistic, it's like design and some of, you know, working in that space is more about the why, right? It's about asking the questions. And I find a lot of the time, like on through social media and mostly through social media that like, there's such a focus on like, check out how to do this cool effect. And it's like, when are you going to use that at yeah. times? You know, like when really is that practical to do like this crazy 3D thing, yeah. unless it's for yourself, you know, which is totally fine. But if you're working in that practical environment, it just is, seems like such a far step away. Yeah, like where it gives you the answers before the problem. It's like, well, here's how to make a wiggly man um, in animation and you're like, okay, cool. I'm going to use that for next project that doesn't even ask for a wiggly man or like may not even have a use, but I know how to use it. So I'm going to put it in there rather than being like, what does this project need? And then making a new thing. <laughs> you're going to use like, did, did you, um, yeah. 
did you going into communication design did you have sort of like that moment where you were like well painting might be you know a little tough or because I was a painter growing up and I felt like you know at some point I had to make a decision to like think a little bit ahead and like okay how what am I going to do for a job you know all that anxiety yeah and so I ended up picking design which I love you know which I'm thankful for but I kind of had that moment I'm curious if you had sort of a similar similar time oh yeah I mean the 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 gossip and you know or the rumor about um you know picking your major was like well what are you going to do for a job like after if you do anything else besides communication design that was kind of like people that were just unsure and it was a very reliable like okay I can get a job somewhere in the in a field with this education rather than I'm just a painter I don't know how to do anything else um and so, yeah, definitely the, the, there's the art, like the, the pure art part that was within all of us. That's like, well, I just do want to just do painting. And I don't want to care about a job and promotions and things. And, but then yeah. reality, <laughs> you're kind of like what you're in your way into two. And it's, it was, it was, it was very tough, but I think it's the, the, the better decision for me um, because I am more into a bigger picture. Um, the ideas um, and the execution is kind of uh, like a second thought to me, whereas painting is like all about execution, like how you paint, like what you what you do with the paint. Um, and I just was more about like, you know, conceptualizing rather than like just putting on a smock and just getting to work for like nine hours a day and just painting and painting. I need more. <laughs> totally. I totally agree with that. Um, it's almost like the because I, I look at people now who have this like amazing background in painting or amazing background in film, whatever, but they are able to apply their work in a commercial setting or things like that, you know, because everyone has to get by somehow. And it's almost like the, the curriculum at some point should be, you can pick your major, you can go into painting this, that photography, whatever, but like the underlying curriculum should almost be communication focused. If you choose to one day, you know, be more commercial or, you know, or if, if not, at least you have that to kind of fall back on potentially. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, giving those artists like more um, opportunities or the idea of potential, like rather than, you know, make a body of work and show it at, a gallery it's um, yeah giving a having a painting class and like cross crossing that with the communication design class could open up their world like oh i can actually apply painting in this way and that way but although i've been out of college for um like 13 yeah like 13 years now or so and so it's um i don't know what they think <laughs> i don't know what they think now they, they probably do that um because they're but I would have loved a like a business class in art school. That would have been amazing. I think they're trying to implement that more now because it's just a big pitfall that is not there. <laughs> By the end of this episode, we may be business partners. I, you know, I'm feeling like we have a great idea, great concept here. Um, coming out of school, so so you know, you go through this program, um, and and let's kind of fast forward a little bit. You know, like. The, another really big anxious point for a lot of students, for a lot of creatives, like coming out of a program, it's like, what do you do next, right? Like, what was sort of your situation? What did you have in mind? You know, what were you going to do? Because you were in Syracuse, grew up in Massachusetts. Yeah. Um, you know, like, what's the plan? The plan was, so you work your senior year towards the big portfolio day, um, which is like you, do, you work on six projects throughout the year. <laughs> And they stem from, you come up with an idea, a concept, like um, a solution to a problem that you found in the, in the world. And you come up with a logo, an identity, a name, you come up with the ad campaign, you come up with like the packaging design, you come up with whatever it is, um, the brochure, the magazine. Um, and so you make six projects like that, uh, three every semester. And then those go into your portfolio. And then your, our teachers would take those down to New York City. And they would contact all these art directors from the city, from all uh, areas around New York City. And there could be like, they could be alumni, they could be just people that they've met, um, people that have worked for agencies and now, um, you know, have always heard about the Syracuse portfolio show. And so we, we, send, we send our work down there and people, all these art directors go through it. And usually that is like what you bank on. You're like, an art director is going to see my work. They're going to 
they're going to write down their, like their name, their email, like call me when you graduate kind of thing, <laughs> which like happens. Like that's what they do. They're like, this is great stuff. Give me a call. Um, and you're, you're, you're like, Oh my God, like I'm chosen. Like, but you know, <laughs> chosen, yeah. Um, and like, you know, you be like, Oh, like Sarah, she got like three art directors want her to call them. Like, you know, or Tim is doing awesome. Like, uh, he got like five different agencies. It was, um, so it was, had a really good turnover and that's why, um, like Syracuse and people go to that program for that. And so I was kind of just banking on that. And so I got a um, bunch of um, emails and numbers and I reached out. So the, uh, after I graduated, I took my portfolio and met with those people, um, some in Connecticut, some in New York City, and kind of got a feel and did job interviews um, based on initial them already seeing my work rather than like kind of like a cold call in a way. And so I made a decision and, um, took a job at Saatchi and Saatchi X, which is a division of Saatchi and Saatchi. And um, yeah, so I started there like in July, right after I graduated. So I was home for like a month and then packed up and um, moved to New York and slept on friends, friends' couches while I had like a junior art director job. <laughs> Damn, that's awesome. That's so cool. So, I mean, it, it, it sounds like, I mean, it sounds a little bit like a crapshoot, right? In the sense that, um, you know, you're just kind of like putting it out there. Like most of what we do, right? You put it out there and you hope someone likes it. Yeah. And I think, I think that's so, it's still so funny how that, how that works, but it, it works. Um, but then to end up at Saatchi and Saatchi, like super big company, like super well-known. That's crazy. I also want to mention, cause correct me if I'm wrong. I saw that you also worked for Johnny Cupcakes. Yeah. Was that in, while you were in school? No. So that was after, um, um, so yeah, worked, worked at Saatchi and Saatchi X, um, and worked there for about two years. And then I realized like, I didn't like advertising. <laughs> I wanted to do more. Okay. Okay. So it was after. Yeah. And then, so I reached out, I wanted to go freelance because I was doing advertising, but then that itch of like, well, I like drawing a lot and I want to make things for people and I want to see it immediately. I don't want to do work on a campaign, do millions of iterations, present to the client, it never gets made or it gets made and it gets made like seven months or a year later. And then our, my creative director comes in, hey, that stuff went live, um, check it out. I was like, what stuff? Oh yeah, that's cool, I'm over that. I don't care anymore, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was like seven months ago. <laughs> um, so yeah, just that immediate reaction, um, kind of, I kind of craved. And so, and I love doing quick projects and fun um things that were a bit more creative and didn't zap out the life like you know at an agency the first round's always like high in the sky go wild like and your creative director is like just go man like yeah that's awesome do it then a week later client comes back and it's like yeah they want to scale it back and then so just all that personality just gets chipped at and chipped at until it's like nothing left so i had to leave so uh i reached out to a bunch of people and i cold emailed johnny cupcakes because he's from boston area and so I was like, I was thinking, I was like, who can I reach? Like, who's not too far away? I'm not going to like hit up, like, I don't know, whoever, like Nike to be like, hey, I'm just a guy you don't know about. Um, I was like, who can I maybe have a connection with? Hey, I'm from your area. Um, I know this person or this person. And they told me about this. Um, try to try to bridge some sort of gaps. And um, I didn't hear back from him for like a month. And then he got, I got an email out of the blue. And it was like, hey, yeah, like we don't really do freelance, but do you want to be our full time designer? <laughs> and I was like, oh, because um, <laughs> it just happened at the right time that their full time guy, Clark Orr, who is like my mentor for a while when I joined, he's one of the best designers. He was leaving to go freelance. So he was like, we need to take someone and bring them in. And I guess they went through like the email I sent them. I did like a mock up. Of like here's a shirt that could work for your company and they you know they saw that like i had ideas and it wasn't just like a, an idea that they had already done or something like that it was a bit taking it in my own vision and yeah they came to new york and they interviewed me which is really cool that's sick they came to new york they're like let's go take yeah, a trip instead so I was in brooklyn they came and met up and we had dinner and like walked around new york and i was like this is amazing like it was him, it was Johnny and Clark and then Danny Jones and Pascal Da Silva. 
And they all came, and I was definitely intimidated. I was like, this is like, these are four dudes who, to me, they were gods. And uh, I was like this. They're, they're doing it, basically. Yeah, they were just doing like, it. kind of a kid still kind of fresh out of college. And me trying to be like, yeah, I live in New York and I draw. Yeah, you guys want me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Putting up a front. Yeah, I mean, that's awesome, though, because, like, you know, I, I can see there was just so many things there, right? Like one, you realize that, um, you know, like advertising wasn't necessarily for you because of the process, right? Like you wanted to see work. And I think a lot of us get into being creative or naturally gravitate to this because we want to see, we want to create for people. And so what happens usually, yeah, these agencies is that one, the work, you start out really big, everyone likes it. And then like they have a meeting and then they're like, well, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And then it just slowly gets chipped. It's that process. What are you working towards in the end, you know? Yeah. And then it doesn't come out for another couple of months, you know, and by then you've already moved on. Yeah. If that's the way it usually goes, you and know. And like, you know, any artist will tell you like, you know, they love like chasing that vision and that you know, it's like a personal pursuit and an internal happiness when they draw or paint something or sculpt something that um came out the way that they envisioned. But still we love like accolades and praise and seeing our work, you know, have reactions like we still like the, the, the social aspect of making, um, art. <laughs> Absolutely. And then not only that, but like you, so then to move on from Saatchi and Saatchi, which again was a huge, is still a huge, like giant in the creative industry and in the advertising industry. Um, you had the, like the IQ to reach out to someone that you, like in an area that you were familiar with, that you had a connection, which I think is super important for anyone who's listening to this. Like that is the best I think that's one of the best ways to do it, right? Like, hey, I grew up in the area. I really admire your brand. Uh, I'd love to do some work for you. And I think like people tend to forget that like that connection is really important when you're working with someone. I th- and I, you know, I think that's just like so awesome that you did that yeah. at the time. Yeah, it's like, you know, there'll be like character designers or something out there that are like, why won't Pixar hire me? It's like you can definitely shoot for Pixar. Um, <laughs> no, you know, uh, don't want to stop anyone from doing that from going straight to the top, you know, but there's probably a small agency or um, someone who has a script, a friend of a friend who has a script that you might be great for, that you can draw something for. Um, so, you know, it's, and then, it, you know, I didn't want to go straight to, you know, like I was saying, like, like Nike or Adidas or some big company that I didn't really know about. I just kind of knew that this guy liked <laughs> that he had a graphic t-shirts and I wanted to draw graphics. Um, but, and he's a local guy. So, um, you know, it was reaching for that first and then using that as like a, you know, a, a stepping stone to build something bigger. Yeah. I mean, I remember Johnny Cupcakes as like a, one, a very design centric, right? Like very kind of graphic in that sense brand and admiring it as a young designer yeah. being like, wow, this is so cool. You know, like all of that stuff. How long was it before you decided that you were ultimately going to go freelance? Um, it was... It was a while. It was um, probably towards, I was there for six years. Um, and wow. yeah, and I honestly didn't think I would be there for six years around like year, probably like my fifth year. It was definitely like where it fourth to fifth year. I was like, how long do I want to keep doing this? Like, where do I want to go next? What um, I love this family um, and the people and the, and the adventures that um, we were going on because it's such a tight knit um, um, brand, you know, it's a it's a family run brand, and all the all the people there are just you know they were they were my age. Um, we just hung out. It wasn't very much like a business like a situation. It was just we're here, we're making, and we're doing it for our fans and and for the people. We're not like you know we got to meet these numbers and uh, try and do like you know we wanted to grow but we want to do it organically and within the, the scope of the brand. Um, and so kind of when I sort of felt the ceiling being hit personally, um, you know, I started to take on more jobs outside and then that was giving me more, um, you know, uh, fun or using a different part of my brain that um, I wanted that I got um, enjoyment from rather than just doing, okay, cupcakes today. It's like, all right, there's other things that, yeah. <laughs> um, How do we spin this, you know, this brand icon? Yeah, in a when different, I started, different way? when I started drawing and doodling more that wasn't cupcake related and having, and being like, okay, I can't wait to get home to do that rather than, you know, once that sort of veneer rubbed off for me, 
like I still love going to work and like, what am I going to draw today? But so like the, the ideas and everything were stockpiling. And I was like, I got to get this done or I'm going to like explode. Like I need to pursue my own stuff. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And so, I mean, six years obviously says a lot because I think like, you know, me personally, I feel as if my last couple of jobs have been like a year here, year there, stuff like that. So obviously when you find a place, you stick around because yeah. it's fun and it's good. It's good to you, you know? Um, what, you know, going into like, like, I, I, I struggle asking this question at time because it's like I want I want to go independent eventually. So like like what got you motivated to um, to really make that jump? And like how would you convince or how would you sort of tell someone like yeah just take the plunge? You know, um, I I don't I can only speak to myself really in terms of like how I felt about doing that because it is a huge leap and. Um, you know, I probably talked about it a lot. Like, yeah, I should go freelance. Like, probably, probably, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do yeah, it. Yeah, and it is a very, very tough decision um, uh, without having anything to go back on. Like, it was really cool to quit my advertising job to be like, yeah, um, I, I just don't like to say more I'm quitting. And then being like, well, what if we give you this and we'll raise your pay? And I was like, I actually took a pay cut going to Johnny Cupcakes. I was like, but you know, I was like, well, this is going to give me more freedom and I'm going to be happy doing this. Um, and, uh, so that's, you know, that, that feeling of quitting your job is great, but, um, I, but when you have something else to go to, but I didn't. And so it was, uh, in, in the end, I actually, um, you know, uh, technically I didn't quit. Um, I was eventually let go because they were shrinking the company. Um, and like, they, like their overhead was kind of too high. And so they were making some adjustments internally um so a lot of us got got let go um but by then i was slightly secretly relieved because i was like oh wow this made it kind of easier um uh because i knew i like financially like it was already okay um and so for me it was basically when i got that job um outside of work like you know i was doing work for anybody outside of um, my nine to five. And when that got more enjoyable and when I was making a little bit more money, um, you have that realization of if I did this nine to five and I actually put effort into it, how much could I actually make um, rather than just doing it from like, you know, seven to 10 at night um, it, and squeezing it in here and there. So I think it's when when you totally. when you are getting start to get opportunities, and you're realizing that you could grow it if you put the time in. That time is during the day when you are are at your day job. So you just have to do that math and say, okay, if I work nine to five, Monday through Friday on this, I could make more than my salary right now because X, Y, and Z, all this stuff together. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I think I think I've had some of those some of those thoughts. So maybe we'll see in the next in the near future what happens. But I mean, now, obviously, like what I from the outside, from a, from an observer, from someone admiring your work, you know, you've been able to work with Apple, the Times, uh, some of my favorite brands, Klarna, Incase, uh, Deus Ex Machina. Um, you even like I think, you know, obviously stalking everyone's Instagram, all my guests on Instagram. I saw that you um did a, a like sort of the branding and the packaging for a company a dip company that ended up in a store near you yeah. right um yeah the the honest stand uh, yeah. yes yeah yeah based dip companies yeah and then i found it in the grocery store uh the town over from me <laughs> did you just cry for a second you're like yes <laughs> it is it is like a uh, it's a very interesting feeling it never gets old um and but like you're, you don't know how to celebrate it in a way. I'm in the grocery store. I'm not gonna be like, "Hey, lady, check it out!" Like <laughs> she's like, "Get away from me!" Pushes the cart. <laughs> That'd be such a good episode of like whatever like like TV series. Like graphic designer like finds out he's he's in the store. Yeah. He's like, "Buy this." It's better when like you bring a friend with you and you're like, "Dude, check it out!" And they're like, "Whoa!" <laughs> um, yeah, but then the, the irony is also like, yeah, I made this, but like I get nothing from you buying yeah, this. Yeah, like I, I definitely bought it at the store and I was like, I just want this, you know, so I bought it and I, you know, you're, you're like, love those illustrations on the packaging, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> wow, that really convinced me to buy this dip specifically. Yeah, it's my like I remember when I did when I was working at Sachi, I went out to we went out to Texas to South by Southwest and I had we had done work for Wendy's and like we did work for all their menu designs. So we designed their whole menu system. And there's a paper texture in there that I used that I got from like a, a deli over like down in, in Soho, New York. And I like got some deli paper and I used that and I scanned it in and that became like the, the, the background texture that they, that they use for all their Wendy's like across the country. <laughs> and we were in Texas and I was like, Hey Dave, like my, uh, that's see that um, paper. Like I scanned that, like I grabbed that from a butcher and brought it and he was like, dude, you got to tell them that. And I was like, I'm going to tell the cashier at a Wendy's in Texas that I scanned a paper in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'd like a discount with my meal because, uh, there's a lot going on in this menu that you don't know about. Like, so I was like, I was like, no, they don't care. And and so when we got to register, like I ordered and Dave was like, you know, he, uh, he did that, um, uh, menu. And like, I was like, dude, she's like, cool. Great. (laughs) Yeah, that, that's gonna be that's gonna be nine fifty six, please. Yeah, they were just like, okay, oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's just us. It's just yeah. us. It's an inside joke well, for just it's, us. It's a weird thing because you know, packaging everything, people or like, advertising, normal people who outside of the field just take it as like that's a thing in the world. That's just I will see, I will see bus ads. I will see packaging. These things will be that they just are. They don't think about like. Well, who's the lady up in New Hampshire that draws the flowers that go on this, you know, um, uh, um, greeting, greeting card. I always see. It's like, no, they just, they grab it because they like it. And then that's it. <laughs> We're faceless. And, 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 and we like to tell ourselves that that's like the, that's good design when there's no real question going on. Someone said yeah. you, you have such a, um, I, I definitely want to talk about your style a bit because you have sort of, you know, slap me on my wrist if, if this is like totally off, but you have this sort of slightly abstracted, slightly minimal kind of uh, style that you approach anatomy and illustrations with, but you also sort of mold in or mesh in typography when you can. And I'm, I'm kind of curious, like, how did that sort of develop? How did that come about? You know, were there inspirations along the way that sort of led you to this sort of style that you're experimenting or, you know, working with now? Yeah, it was definitely... Um, a- a big melting pot of interests pretty much of um, things that I did on my own and things that I saw in the world that like I want the communities I want to be a part of. Like I think around 2008, um, like in 2009 typography and like the typography and like blog scene was like really big. Um, and, you know, that's like all you would see. And so everyone kind of took their hand in that I was like, okay, like how can I incorporate typography into my work? Um, Cause you know, it's not just fonts anymore. It's like hand-drawn stuff and that, that sells. And, you know, love doing fonts. Like always did like my friends bands, t-shirts and um, all kinds of stuff like that. Like uh, uh, programs and stuff for our town and growing up and making t-shirts for uh, our own um, like music festivals that we put on when I was in college. And so, that's always been there. And then um, uh, doing it with graphic design or doing it with illustration kind of came later for me uh, because it's always kind of separate, like the text companies, the image, but then making the text also the image um, is, was kind of eye opening in that, in that regard. And um, yes, so it it just kind of, I kind of developed just, just because of a natural interest in it. Um, And obviously when you, when you draw um, uh, and you want to put text over it, it has to work together. It can't like sometimes the, the juxtaposition works, but for me, it was more so if I can make it harmonize with my work, um, then the better it is. And I think also the hand drawn approach kind of came like I was obsessed with like Stefan Sagmeister for like a while when I was in college and um, and, I, uh, and after school and him like him kind of saying like he hated just going through a font library and just trying to pick out and test what fonts worked. So that's how he developed his more hand-drawn approach to typography. So I was like, yeah, I don't want to sit in front of a computer, just click next, next. And like, does that type work? Does that type work? 
So, yeah. <laughs> I will say I love the I love trying to find the most obscure typeface and stuff like that. But it's working with brands like Apple, working with brands like Warby Parker, GoDaddy, you know, how does that process sort of how have you made that process work for you, right? Because, you know, as you mentioned, like in Saatchi and Saatchi, in a more kind of commercial advertising, working with bigger clients, or you are working with bigger clients, but working in that sort of big organization, the work slowly tapers. And, you know, some of the work that I see from you that you share, it's it feels like you, you know, it feels very much your style and you kind of go into it and it doesn't seem, I'm sure there are some back and forths, but it doesn't seem like there's a lot of sacrificing in that sense. Yeah, that's... I mean, that's a lot what people strive for as to how can I create my work that isn't diluted or void of my personality. Um, and that's, you know, why the brands will contact you or, you know, me. Um, for me, it's like we came to you because we want a hand-drawn, um, humanistic approach because they're a big company. They don't want to look like they are just robots. So a more hand-drawn approach kind of makes them um, personable and approachable. So doing that benefits um, that. And so they say that we want humanism approach and like clever, witty stuff. And so that's, you know, my bread and butter. And like what I love to do is finding those, those combinations that unlock that aha moment for an illustration. Like, oh, you know, the, the, the circle looks like a head um, and then the head is the sun. And because they're both circles and, you know, <laughs> Just uh, makes you think a little yeah, bit. Graphic, graphic witticism. Um, I think graphic witticism is is the perfect way to summarize it. And if that isn't already a domain, I might just go and purchase yeah. <laughs> it myself. How brands perceive your work and how does that kind of lend itself to creating work where you're not sacrificing a lot, where you actually are putting your style and your your spin on it. So I, yeah. think, I think you've covered that, that for that sure. Is, yeah, to, uh, uh, touching that more, it's definitely, it comes down to the art directors a lot when they hire you, some art directors, they, they can see your work and some, they can see what your work looks like. Um, and some people in that's, and that's what I benefit from or, and it's, it's usually 50, 50. Some, they just see you draw like things wiggly, like, and it's clean. Okay. Uh, but then some people see like you, you think with line differently than other people do like, you know, with how you draw a line and what that line becomes. And so we want you to do that. Like that, um, it all it all comes down to the art director or the, you know, the people that hire you and what they see in your work. Um, and that's, you know, sometimes I get, I get very surface level stuff and sometimes I get, we want your thinking um, and just go wild like with whatever you're working on or approaching these days. That's cool. Would you say, would you, you know, would you say tools like obviously sharing your work on Instagram and, and platforms like that really help because, you know, I, I wouldn't say I'm an art director, but I, I've worked in that sort of that, that sense. And the first place I go sometimes is just scanning Instagram or scanning TikTok or whatever, trying to find people that like have a great sense of style or a great sense of taste. And I want that work to, to, to kind of be the the foundation of whatever the campaign is or, you know, whatever the, the objective is at the time. Yeah. I think that's what um, a lot of art directors would do. They would, you know, like if you go to your feed, it all depends on what you're looking at. Um, you know, that will, or like the discover page on Instagram is a big thing. And I think um, if you're an art director, you're like, okay, black and white or editorial or hashtag or hashtag uh, colorful illustrations. And you find people that are doing certain things and then you curate, make a mood board and be like, who can we approach? Like there's so many illustrators now that I find because I'm in a deck, like I'm in like a PDF with like a reference illustration. Um, and there's, um, yeah, there's a couple of illustrators that I'm like, who's this, who's this person's work? I always see in these decks that our directors send me. And then like my friend told me one time, I was like, is this person? I was like, Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> but, um, it's like we're in the same circle, yeah, just so kind of like ruminating with a bunch of art directors. Yeah. So, so there's definitely a way that, you know, it aggregates, like if you liked Chris Jones's work, it's line work and it's simple. So this other person's work now is popping up. Um, so some people will see that and I don't see that cause I don't like my own work. You know, so it doesn't pop up for me a lot. So I don't know. Of course. <laughs> so, yeah. So that makes sense. That's what happens with, with a lot of that. <laughs> Chris, to, to switch gears, you know, I think like um, 
you can correct me if I'm wrong, I'm sure you're working a good amount, like a lot, right? And I'm curious, you know, how do you sort of separate the time that you're creatively think, thinking creatively um, to like relax and really like, you know, kind of like clear your mind in a sense, like, is there something that you do outside of your home or whatever, you know, in the area, you know, like, how do you sort of take time to, you know, recoup a bit? Yeah. Um, well, these days it's, it's very tough. Um, I became a dad last summer. And so I have a 10 month old. Congratulations. Thanks. And so that's been a big life changer. And there's really, uh, that definitely recharges me or also exhausts me depending on what day it is. Um, of course, uh, how they're feeling. Yeah. And so, um, that is, is, is a big factor, not really much on the relaxing side of things. Um, but definitely gives me new life and new reason to create. Um, maybe sometimes the ideas aren't there, but I have like a more uh, a passionate, like I need to need to work on something because I have someone to provide for now. Um, but gravely give me, give me a 10 mile walk in the woods and like, I'm good for another three months. Um, yeah. Hiking has been a, a big part of my life. Um, and I always, when I, when I need to get back and recharge, I just, I just get on that mother nature Wi-Fi and it like, you know, wireless charging and it energizes my soul. <laughs> mother nature Wi-Fi. I gotta say, you're coming up with some, some really good, like, you know, like phrases today. And I think we should write these down and, and collab on something because these are just, I think anyone would be like, yes, I want to go there. Wherever mother nature's Wi-Fi is, that's where yeah. I'm going to be. She's got it. So I just, I just hook up to that and then um, you know, images pop into my head as I'm, as I'm hiking and walking. And, um, yeah, like that's why nature has been like seeping into my work a lot more because you kind of come back to what you love and also where I am now, like I'm not in a city anymore. Um, you know, we moved here last January. So I'm just like looking at robins, um, you know, azaleas outside and, um, rhododendrons, my neighbors mowing their lawns. So it's very, very quiet, very quaint, um, and very nature filled. So like, that's awesome. Yeah. So like a lot of my stuff is like, uh, women becoming flowers and people like stillness has started to infiltrate my work more. And I kind of miss that hustle bustle where like the creative witticism comes into play. Cause now it's like, you know, I'm just home in the suburbs, especially during a pandemic. I feel like my, my wittiness has declined a bit. Um, so I'm not, Everyone's not making those little graphic connections a lot right now, but that's why like, I need to get out. I need to travel. Traveling also just energizes me. Um, you know, I feel like it's not, not, not any different from what anyone else would say. Just getting out, traveling, meeting people, having conversations, um, which you know, this past year has totally been deprived of. Um, but doing that is, is what makes me uh, work work better. I, I'm a hundred percent there with you. I, I completely share that same exact, uh, you know, like, like preference or, or that, that feeling that traveling and getting to know new people is like the most fulfilling thing for me. And so it's been definitely really tough in the last year yeah. for sure. And I like, I love watching movies. I'm a, I'm a big cinephile. <laughs> and so like, you same. know, watching, watching shots, like, um, just great cinematography, you know, always gives me like, Oh, um, and like seeing how people pose and things like that. Like I used to, and you know, I would pause, a, pause a, um, a movie like, Oh, like I love like, okay, there's a person riding a bike from behind and low as an angle you can't find on Google images. So you like, you pause it, you like take a picture on your phone or something. And it's like, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I almost say that like, I will watch shitty movies or with crappy plots if the cinematography and the scene, you know, and the color grading, all that stuff is amazing. I one day aspire to work on a, a film in that sense. Maybe if it's just it, as simple as the credits or art directing scenes in that way. So I com I'm there with you. I feel like completely in tune with that. Yeah. Film is just like that. You know, it's, it's that three dimensional um, visual stimulus that, uh, a flat image, you know, even though it is a flat image in the end, it um, is something about the orchestration of it that is very appealing to, I think, creative people and designers of, because they made everything work. You know, it's, it's, if it's like the packaging, it's, it's the, it's the shape of the can and the typography and the illustration also with the nutritional labels, 
but that's like it's the sound it's the lighting it's the way the actors moved in the stage like all that just the ingredients that come together to make what perfect design package and is is a film and so when you see a good one you're just you just cherish it (laughs) completely chris before we uh wrap up this episode um I've been asking all of my guests, you know, if you could write yourself a time capsule and sort of send it to yourself, open it down the line two, five, ten years from now, what would you sort of write to yourself? What would I write to myself? Um, how are you? <laughs> Doing okay? You know, I would just, you know, maybe ask, ask it a question and be like, like, are you happy? Like, what are you, what are you seeking still? Um, you know, and always having that drive and a reminder of that. And like, did you, did you become an old man yet? Like, <laughs> that's great. I think that's perfect. I've been reading the little prince to my son and, um, I didn't realize like how great that book was as a kid. Cause it's not, it's for kids, but it's, it's for the reader, like for the adult who's reading it to the kid. And it really like hits you in the face of like, Oh, you thought you were still a kid, but you are an adult and you forgot about all these great things that you can see in a child's eyes. And so, you know, just having that reminder of like, yeah, you are older, but, you know, don't lose that kid's sense of wonder. <laughs> Maybe just put that book in there instead, right? <laughs> I think so, yeah. And like, and like, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. It's like, it's like, are you an old man yet? Kind of like, don't, don't become one, uh, you know, always, always have like a kid heart and, and seek something that, uh, or see something in a different way. <laughs> That's beautiful. Chris, thank you so much for, for joining me on this episode. Um, you know, it was so great to meet you. And again, having just admired your work, it was so great to talk about your process and some of the, you know, things that you've kind of experienced along the way. Um, Chris, where can people find more of you, more of your work, uh, and get in touch with you? Yeah. Um, I mean, thanks so much for having me. This is actually my first podcast, um, that I've done. Yes. Yeah. So you're, um, I'm happy to be in good company and, um, you know, a esteemed veteran as yourself <laughs> guiding me along and asking good questions. So I hope I was of some, uh, source of, um, knowledge or any kind of guidance for people or absolutely, absolutely. insight into my creativity. Um, we didn't really get into much of like my work process per se, but, uh, yeah, uh, shoot me any kind of messages on, uh, on Instagram. At, at Chris DiLorenzo or um, email me at DiLorenzo at hey.com. Um, always glad to help out and, um, you know, give any advice I can. People starting off in the field. Um, but yeah, uh, and then all my work I post there and anything else you can find on my website, ChrisDiLorenzo.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Chris. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. This podcast is produced by me, John Sarantino, out in Jersey City, New Jersey. Editing, mixing, and music are all done by my friend Kevin Bendis in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. Definitely check him out. You can find out more about WellFed and where to listen at wellfedpodcast.com or on social media at WellFedPodcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you soon.